This call may be recorded or transcribed. To use this feature, please make sure you can access the internet. Please make sure your app is running and can access the internet. Why aren't I getting it? Good morning. Welcome to the Clear Victory. This is Trevor in the finisher who's on the line. Good morning. Good morning. 
Good morning. It's Grateful Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Vine, and good morning, Deborah Evans. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Anyone good else morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Prosperous Pam. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Prosperous Pam. Happy Tuesday to you. Thank you. I have a prayer request. Go ahead. Um, I this today's my first day back into the office since March twenty twenty, since the beginning of the pandemic. So just um praying that God um just continues to keep us safe in the office and um just being around other people <laughs> again, just praying that, that he just blankets me with his meekness and um all the beatitude studies that we're studying this month. So just um yeah, I know that was a lot. <laughs> okay. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, this is Stephanie. Good morning, um, Stephanie. I have a prayer request as well. Um, um, I have a prayer request for my brother. His name is Tony. He lives um, in Los Angeles. I'm just praying for his well-being. He's under some stressful situations. Just praying for his well-being. Okay, got it. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh-huh. You as well. Good morning, this Thank is you. Sister Lisa. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Sister Lisa. God Happy bless Tuesday. you. And I have a prayer request also. Um, pray for uh, me this morning. I'm going to San Rafael. Uh, the city hall is over there trying to put a mural up for where my son passed at. So we're going over there. They want me over there this morning for a meeting to do that behind CVS. So this uh uh, give me traveling mercy, and then also uh, pray for the Walker family. My uncle is sick, and uh, pray for healing. Thank you. Got it. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Blessings. Just a friendly, quick reminder, we do have a prayer app that we um, use, so if you guys can try to Start back to using that. It will really help the flow of the call because we want to say in order. Good morning. God morning. Bless everyone on this triumphant Tuesday. Love you. Love you too, Judy. Thank you for the reminder. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, Kenya. Happy triumphant Tuesday to you. You too. Thank you. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning, this is Kim from Sacramento. Good morning, Kim from Sacramento. Have a great day. You too, Blessing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good morning, it's Danielle. Good morning, Danielle. Happy Triumph of Tuesday to you. Thank you and everyone else. God bless. 
a blessing. Good morning. Good morning. We triumphant, especially on a Tuesday. Happy triumphant Tuesday. It's Rochelle. Yes, I'm back. Yes, yes, Rochelle. <laughs> Happy triumphant Tuesday. Have a good day. Love you all. Love you too. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, do apologize. I'm in my car and my lights are out in the home. So bear with me here. Okay. I need everyone to please check your phones to make sure your phones is on mute. Hello, my name is Trina the Finisher and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are prayer called and meets Monday through Friday starting at 6 a.m. Specific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to continue to join us daily during July, where our monthly theme is entitled Beatitudes. This means that all our declaration will be focused on us understanding the Beatitudes according to the mind, heart, and will of God. There are two announcements today. First, please join us for TNT Bible Study with Pastor LaBelle Jones tonight, right here on this call from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Second, please join us tomorrow on Wednesday evening and every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific Time by calling the same number to participate in a short prayer called entitled Prayer for the Children. It is a new call that will be held every Wednesday evening for those interested and praying for the children and young adults they love. Please bring your child's name and be prepared to participate in a collective prayer to change their lives. Mark your calendar. There is no prayer request from the app, but I have uh, three spoken prayer requests. The first one from Prosperous Pam. She's back into the office today, praying for a please keep her safe and um, everyone safe at the office. Um, the second one is Stephanie praying for her, her brother Tony uh, in Los Angeles, praying for his well-being. Um, the last one is from Lisa. Uh, she's going to San Rafael for the um, the memorial. Um, praying for Travis um, Mercy, and also lifting up the Walker's family for healing. The order of the call is prayer and corporate praise, Valerie, declaration, Beverly. Then we go right into closing comments hosted by Declare. I repeat, prayer and corporate praise, Valerie, declaration, Beverly. Then we go right into closing comments hosted by Declare, Beverly. The scripture for today is from Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. 
At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until the switch to come off mute. I now pass the call over to the prayer warrior, Valerie. Have a blessed and awesome day. Jesus love you, and so do I. Valerie, be praying. We cannot hear you. Is that still on? Can anybody hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let me send her a quick text. In the meantime, is there an ambassador that can be on standby? If not, I'll go ahead and do it. Go ahead, Sharina, just so we can protect the time of the call. Thank you. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, Father God, for waking us up this morning, for letting us see another day. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy, Lord. Father God, I pray for everyone that's on the call that that tuned in this morning. We pray for for their lives. I pray, Father God, for their family in the name of Jesus, Lord. As I lift up Pam right now in the name of Jesus, as she's going to work, Father God, into the office, Lord. We pray, Father God, for safety over her and everyone that's in the office, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We also pray for Stephanie, pray for her brother, Tony, that's in Los Angeles, pray for his well-being in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that all is well with him. And also pray for Father God, for Lisa, in the name of Jesus. We ask, she's asking for traveling mercy, Father God, protect her, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, while she's traveling. And lift up the Walker family for healing, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you alpha and omega begin to end, your king of kings and Lord of lords. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Lord. El Shaddai, Lord. You more than enough. You more breath than one, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We continue to lift up the homeless, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Protect them and widen out here in the elements, in the name of Jesus, for safety, Father God. Thank for roof over their heads, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I praise you, Father God, for, this, um, for the president, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Give them wisdom, concepts, and ideas to confirm this nation in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Father God, for who you are, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Father God. I need everyone to please get your phones off and mute and join me in prayer in the name of Jesus, Lord, over this day. In the name of Jesus, Lord, praise you, Father God, for your protection and reminders, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Lord, Father God, that we are here from front of head to the soul of our feet. In the name of Jesus, Lord, continue to lift up Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I have, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I have, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I have, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I have, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I have,
brought it on in. I just want to thank you. Father God, just cover me in the name of Jesus. Uh, give me the right things to do, the right things to say, Father God. Pour into me, uh, and as I exhale you, please, none of me, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Beatitudes. Beatitudes. Um, Matthew 5, 1 and 11, we've probably heard this verse all month long so far. And um, it says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know what? I'm going to just kind of lay my person hat right there. Um, let me just say this. To understand what it means to pour in spirit, we first have to know what this spirit is. We can see that the spirit in Matthew 5 and 3 is not capitalized as it would have been if it referred to the Holy Spirit. Instead, this word refers specifically to part of a person's inner being. We can even see in verse 8 that the phrase pure in heart parallels poor in spirit. And the heart is clearly another inward part of our being. The spirit the Lord refers to here is our human spirit, our deepest part. God created us with a body to, for contact of the physical world, a soul to contact the psychological and his world, and a spirit to contact and receive God, who is spirit, capital S. I'm going to... Um, call this is getting hot in here. Luke 16, 19 through 23. I hope you follow along. You have your paper and your pens. Um, and it may not seem to you as a word in regards to the Beatitudes, but I believe if you um, have been on all month, you're going to pick it up. I promise you that. Uh, Luke 16, 19 through 23. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which uh, was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom, which... <clears throat> The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. This story begins with a drastic reversal that happens after these two men die. In the text, there's a lifetime, excuse me, in the text, there's in his lifetime, the rich man flamboyantly displayed his wealth and with beautiful clothes and over the top feast. But uh, conversely, there's Lazarus, the poor man, who was covered with sores. 
he was very hungry and had only dogs to lick his body full of sores to comfort and to soothe him. The day arrived that he died. And after his death, this poor man, Lazarus, is carried away to an honored place beside Abraham, God's friend, and the father of Israel, known as the forefather of our faith. Additionally, by contrast the, and confinement, the rich man dies, and he ironically finds himself in Hades, in hell, a place of callous torment and eternal continuing punishment. In our text, Jesus deviated and rotated the focus off of dying into the subjective, the personal of what happens the moment that you and I will die. Now, we all know that death is not an option, but it's an unfulfilled promissory note while yet we live. In fact, death is but the doorway to eternity and the entrance into our eternal destination. Let's be perfectly honest. We cannot keep from dying. Doctors, hospitals, medical treatment can at best delay our appointment with death, but it will eventually come and evade our territory. Sadly, we don't know who's next on the roll call. Death is appointed. You might be flying in an airplane and suddenly the engine malfunction and crashes. You may be sitting at a red light and then the victim of a head would be the victim of a head-on collision resulting from a drunk driver. You may be fishing and feel a bite of a mosquito carrying West Nile virus, or you might suffer snake bite and suddenly get sick, fall ill, and die. The great question is not when or even how you will die, but where will you spend eternity? Now, notice carefully that the fates of these two individuals after death are very much tied to their experience of wealth and poverty in this life. The independence of the rich man. We find that in there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. So he lived in luxury every day. The rich man has no name. This is interesting to me. Although he's been given various names later on in history as dives, which means rich in Latin, by contrast, Lazarus is the only name given to anyone in Jesus' parables. It means El Azar. God has helped. There, appear, there appears, excuse me, to be no connection between this Lazarus and the resuscitated man in John 11, 1 through 44. In fact, Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, in which all lived together, they weren't poor people. They had to have something of value for Lazarus to be born in the scepter, in the tomb. Now notice how the rich man lived for himself. He had no compassion for the less fortunate and was royally prejudiced towards the poor. In general, people such as Lazarus in the parable, sadly, Lazarus was grievously poor, diseased and financially deprived to support his own well-being and had to live a dependent, diseased lifestyle. But on the other hand, the rich man was extraordinarily rich economically and effectually stingy and only concerned about his self-indulgence. This certain rich man in the text had the very best of everything, 
He had the finest clothing money could buy. He wore the finest purple robes fit for a king. He had so much food that he was able to have a feast every day. He lived a life of luxury and excess and was the envy of all his friends and neighbors. The indignation of the rich man, Luke 16, 20 and 21. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The word indignation insinuates that the rich man had a strong displeasure or at something considered unjust, something he viewed as offensive, insulating based off his righteous anger. Mm. And he really had nothing to be angered at because people were not identical to his way of life. But remember, many people with self-righteous anger, nobody really wants to pattern their lives after them, but those of like minds geared to bring others down. Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Interesting. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. He's mad. He's at his boiling point. He's slow burning with anger from within, with a high degree of rage and fury, because living outside the gates of the rich man's estate was a homeless man named Lazarus. Lazarus spent his days lying on the ground, waiting for the servants to throw him some food out, um, not to not fit. to throw about to him, just throw it to him. Listen, there are some people who can't stand to be with you in the same room, but for some reason, they show up anyhow just to see if they're taking effect on you in a negative way. But when they see you smiling and, and the, <laughs> but when they see you smiling, the devil and them both catch a ride together and to get out of Dodge instead, of them being a blessing, they specialize in becoming a burden. All Lazarus wanted was some crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. This wasn't a hard task for the rich man because in the days before forks and spoons, people ate with only utensils they had available, which were their fingers. They would wash their fingers on a small bowl that were placed on the table. If you were rich enough, what you would do then was dry your hands on loaves of bread, which would be then thrown out. The discarded soggy bread was what Lazarus referred to as the crumbs and hoped to eat. He lived day after day, never knowing how much food that he would get or if he would get any at all. This little bit of food he did receive, he had to fight the dogs for because they were hungry too. In fact, the dog found satisfaction for their hungry hunger by licking Lazarus' sores because the rich man was too mean and hateful. What a disgust. But things are about to even get hotter. The rich man surely saw Lazarus lying out in front of his house, but he never paid much attention to him, obviously. He was just an anonymous homeless man hanging out in front. Here's a man with no name and no face. 
the rich man never really noticed Lazarus. His concern, though, was Lazarus was just someone who was there, defiling part of the scenery and and depreciating the property value. But God had a plan because this man was too hot to handle. And what God is saying, (laughs) some like it hot. Stay with me. The imagination of the rich man, Luke 16 and 22, says, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. The rich man thought that he would live forever, but that's not the moral of this story. The moral of the story is where will you spend eternity after death? The rich man represents the unsaved that's guilty of unrepented sin and goes straight to hell after death. The saved go to the Lord at death. Paul wrote to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's more to that story, which is a whole nother uh, situation. We may ask, where do the lost go after death? They go to Hades. This is a temporary place until the great white throne judgment. After judgment, they will be cast into the eternal lake of fire. Ouch. This might be hard for some of you. Those who die without Christ are the living dead. (laughs) They will die a physical death, but will continue to exist in eternity apart from God. The rich man in Jesus' story tells of such experience and existence. If you live right, you'll die right. But if you live wrong, you'll die wrong. Ezekiel 18, 26 through 27 says, When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in them, for his iniquity that he hath done shall he die. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Here's a thought. Someone once said, sin is man saying to God throughout his life, leave me alone, God. And hell is God's way of finally saying, you may have your wish. The ignorance of the rich man, Luke 16, 23 through 24. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now, isn't it interesting that he says he asked for Lazarus to come and dip his finger in some water to cool off his tongue? Mm. So here it is that Lazarus, who consumed the crumbs out of the garbage pail of the man, of the rich man, they both died. The poor man, Lazarus, went to heaven because he had faith in Christ. Blessed are the poor, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But the rich man, he died and went to hell because he never put his faith in Christ as Savior. Hmm. Hmm. He was guilty of the worst sin of all 
unbelief, 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 unbelief. Yes. He never stopped long enough to consider his ways and turn to God for the forgiveness of his sins. He probably thought the preacher was a pretender putting on a performance. Or perhaps he thought the preacher was a fraud who pretends professionally or publicly to have valid skills, knowledge, or qualification, and that the word of God was just another religious book. But unfortunately, hell became his new home because of his wealthy pride that blinded him in unbelief. Glory be to God. The place he went was hotter than fish grease. <laughs> he found out what the prophets were preaching was true, but now it's too late. I can hear the voice of hell welcoming him by singing uh, the rap song by Nelly. It's getting hot in here. And now he's trying to get Abraham to do him a favor and have Lazarus to come and dip his finger in some water and cool his tongue or allow Lazarus to go back to his father's house and warn his five brothers that hell is real. And Abraham vetoed the request given by him. If you don't believe me, read Luke 16, 27 through 31. You know what? You can read it too, but I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that they that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear from them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto, them, unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. So one rose from the dead. Now, isn't that something? Hell won't be a cool place. The temperature of boiling water is 100 degrees Celsius. Molten lava is about 1160 degrees Celsius. Hell will be hotter than that volcanic lava. That means there will be no ice cream in hell. Neither will be there air conditioning, cool dips in the pool, ices, frozen margaritas, snow cones, window fans, or ice water. If there is no cool, there's no Kool-Aid, iced tea, frozen daiquiris or snow, if there is no cool summer breeze or chilling winter wind, if there is no skiing, snowman, ice skating, snowboarding, or if there are no popsicles, push-ups, or Eskimo pies. What does hell have to offer that you want? For believers, the answer is simple. There is nothing in hell we want, especially since heaven is so much better. Satan offers non-believers a life bathed in jalapeno peppers and hot, sprinkled with hot sauce. He offers us both men and women that make us hot. He offers us hot cars and sells us hot CDs, hot purses, hot clothes, and even hot uh, pork chops and steaks. Mm. The late Marilyn Monroe guessed it right in her hit movie, Some Like It Hot. <laughs> Father God, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I believe, Father God, that the Beatitudes are given as a direction for us. 
Father God, in this particular passage, God, we just thank you. We thank you before for, for the imagination of the rich man. We thank you, Father God, for the indignation of the rich man. And we thank you, God, for the independence of the rich man, because this was something that helped us to let us and let us know that we need you more than we need hell in the name of Jesus. I just want to thank you. And I praise your name. I'm going to end right there. Uh, if you um, came on late and you would like to say good morning, now is your time. Take your phones off mute. Good morning. Good morning. This is Diane. Great declaration. Uh, good morning, Diane. Thank you. Good morning, teacher. Good morning, it's Monica. I love that. Good morning. I think I heard Monica and there was someone else. It's Rochelle. Thank you, teacher Beverly. Hi, Rochelle. You're welcome. God bless you. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning, yes, Patsy. Good morning. God bless you. Good morning. Good morning. It's Moxie. Good morning. Good morning, Moxie. Good morning. Uh, good morning. It's Marv. Good morning, Marv. Blessings. Good morning. It's Jubilant Juliet. Good morning, Jubilant Julie Juliet. <laughs> God bless you. Good morning, it's Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. It's good to hear all your voices. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning is persistent. Good morning, persistent. Good morning, God morning. Great morning, it's EK. Good morning, EK. God bless you. Good morning, right. this Dynamite Didi. I just had to say good morning to you. Fire, fire, firecracker. <laughs> good morning, Dynamite Didi. <laughs> good morning, Ms. Yvette. Good morning, Yvette. All right. God bless you all. Thank you so very much for uh, sitting in and listening. Is there anyone who would like to make a comment? Um, or even, you know, uh, want to impart or even add to this message. You are more than welcome right now. Good morning, sister. Uh, this is Andrew again. Uh, Good morning, Andrew. I'll, I'll, jump in, I'll jump in first. That okay. that was a phenomenal lesson this morning. Uh, a, a lot of things uh, leap out to me. Uh, it, it's interesting because when that uh, section of the scripture is, 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 is cited. When Jesus was teaching, most of the time when he told a story, it was uh, premised by, and he taught them a parable saying, or, and he spake this parable. Jesus mm -hmm. didn't do that this time. He just starts telling you there was a certain rich man. Yes. And in, in my spiritual mind, I'm believing that He's giving us a real account of what's what happened, what occurred. I'm diving a little deeper into that. You see that the mind of 
the rich man never changed, even though his home changed. Mm-hmm. Sending him to hell didn't give him insight, because you hear people uh, when when they when they preach about hell, saying that everybody's there trying to repent, right? Mm-hmm. First thing out of first thing out of his mouth is Father Abraham. Mm. Mm, come on, we're on the, we're on the same level, okay? That clown sitting by you, send him <laughs> to you know serve me continually. Like he served me in the last. You know, he was beneath me in the last life. He'll be mm. he'll be beneath me in my in this one. Like, no, that's not the case. And Abraham was cool about it. He was like, no, no, you know, there's a big there, there's a big barrier between us, and you know, you, you dogged him, and now he's hooked up, and it's reversed. So mm. you know, Come on. that's the end of it. But then mm. he kept talking like, well, sending to my family, you know, my brothers, you know, don't need to be here, and then then and now jesus is speaking for himself he's like hey they have (laughs) moses and the prophets let them hear them if they don't hear them they'll not be persuaded they'll run rose from the dead and 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 in my mind he's pointing at his own chest and nobody's getting it you know and but 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 what grips me is uh the mindset and hell Hell is described with dark fire, because where God is absent, there is no light, mm-hmm. but hell is burning. So there's mm-hmm. flames that you can't mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. and it's and it's mm-hmm. more than just it's more than you just burning. You know, God is going to torment you forever, and there's a certain horror about hell. So if yeah. you're afraid of spiders, guess what? Probably going to mm-hmm. be spiders around your section. Your your mind is going to tear, but it's not going to break because, you know, you're still going to be looking at it. You're still going to be feeling it. If you're claustrophobic, probably some of that. You know, it's just, I don't know, we don't have God's mind, so we can't tell exactly what he's going to devise for you to, you know, really grieve you like that. But rest assured, there's going to be something because he's given you enough chances day in day out you can you can call on his son and if you don't then okay you get what you you get what you paid for and it's going to be horrific and that's why when when jesus and i'll say this and i'll go back on you jesus said you know you've heard it said before you know you hate your enemies but you kind of like pray for everybody else he's like no he's like love your enemies because this is what's waiting for them and no matter what they've done to you, this is going to be worse because it's going to be their lifetime plus, and it's never going to stop. And 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 you, we don't need that for anybody. So thank you for that reminder this morning. I'm going back on you. Well, God bless you, Andrew. That was so powerful, and thank you for filling in the blanks. I think that um, what you did is you helped. Uh, massage um, more into what was spoken here. God bless you. And I love what you said that about the flames you can't see and the, the difference between the light and the dark. That right there was powerful. Thank you so much for that. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, sister. 
Hey there. Yeah, that Andrew, my God, I'm sitting there like sitting on the edge of my seat, like, you know, <laughs> seeing one of those. Uh, I've been watching 4,400. Okay, never mind. That's a whole nother. Del- del- <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> ooh, it's hot in here. It's Listen, hot in here. That's so good. I love the way you tell and the way you teach. But I sat up when you said, so like when we sin, it's like we're telling God to go on, like, go on, leave us alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. We like what we're doing. We just feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then going mm-hmm. to hell is like God said, all right, cool. Okay. And then you can go ahead and bump that Nelly. It's hot in here all you want. <laughs> yo, your descriptions and stuff, I love it. And then Andrew just made it so much real, too, as yes. far as the things that we're, we're tormented by. Like, y'all better not laugh at me. Okay, I'm going to tell. My brother tormented me like so the the biscuit cans don't don't even bring one by me i have to buy the frozen i'm so glad they have the frozen pack because i'm afraid of when they open because they explode sometimes mm. like champagne pop none of that i can't be right mm-hmm, balloons mm-hmm, i don't mm-hmm. even like balloons and so i can just imagine <laughs> a whole room of balloons in different colors and just surrounded by cans of biscuit biscuits just sitting mm, being silly mm, and hearing pop, pop, champagne pop, pop. pop yeah yeah, right, because of champagne life. But no, thank you. You made it so big, so real and clear. It's like looking at it in 3D and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Love the way you teach this. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for setting thank this you. morning. And uh, I did my boot camp that hot and these hot flashes. It ain't the hot. It's going to be in the air. So I love it. <laughs> Different kind of Celsius, right? <laughs> oh, God, thank you. Oh, that is good, good stuff. And... um. And and one of the other things that Andrew said was, is, uh, can you imagine that if you're afraid of spiders or you're afraid of snakes, uh, they're going to be there? Oh, my goodness. Man, that gave me a chill. All right. Anybody else? Teacher Beverly, it's Rochelle. And between you and Andrew and coming back from a place a week where it was nothing less than 118 degrees, all I could say mm. <laughs> when I touched outside was, Jesus, I just didn't understand it. So I am grateful for your declaration. It was definitely a reminder. Andrew quit playing because I do not like spiders. So that's another reason Ooh. why my resident in cannot be downstairs. So, and nor to the left. <laughs> so I appreciate your declaration this morning. Oh my God, that hit home so good. So thank you and and thank Andrew for being the backup. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. God bless you, Rochelle. <laughs> Hundred and eighteen. Good, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. This is Sister Stephanie. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your clarity and your delivery and your declaration. And it was um it was just so transparent. And uh, it was a really familiar scripture. But what I want to say that it brought home for me is that at one point in time, I lived a different kind of life. And I can remember walking uh, home with um, the drugs of my choice in my hand, saying the Our Father's Prayer, as um, the the speaker before um, gave witness to. And um, just praying to God to take this from me, you know, and um, um, and it wasn't nothing but the love of Jesus and my faith. It's like you have to have faith, you know, and any time you think that you're too high to be approached, any time you think that you're high, too high beyond reproach, God can't reach you, Jesus can't reach you because you 
because you 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 just you just think that you 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 just too far above. And just like the rich man thought that he had it all going on, thought that there was nobody that could touch him, that he didn't need anything and he didn't need anybody. And God don't want God God God, God is in he's not in the position to give you what um you what 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 you um what you already have, but he's in a position for faith building, for faith builders, for those of us like you say. There's an old cliche, and I'm gonna leave it alone. There's an mm. old cliche that says that uh, God will never give you more than you can handle. Well, but of course He does. Otherwise, you would learn to lean and depend, because you wouldn't have to lean on God for nothing. He mm, has to on. allow you to know that you need that you need Him for something. Because if we were so so self-sufficient, there would be no place. We would have no room for faith. We would have no room to grow in our faith. And I just want to say thank you for your declaration. I'm finished. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Stephanie. That was beautiful. Well said. And um, thank you for being transparent in your walk. That is beautiful. God bless. God bless you. Anyone else? Hello. Hello. I'm sorry. It took me a little while to get off of the mute. But I just was thinking about the declaration. And this year I got forgot. I'm sorry. This year's mother just got to say it. You just got to say it? Yeah. Yeah, that's my name. Mother just got to say it. All I got to say is hell no. (laughs) Going on mute now. I know that's got to be your womb buddy, because in a minute I'm going to let it out. If that ain't your womb buddy, I'm going to let somebody have it. You better let me know. That's my womb buddy. That's my womb buddy. (laughs) And yeah, I have my finger on the button. I have my finger on the button. I can't let you guys do it. No, no, no. finger on the button. I said, mother just got to say, okay. (laughs) Bernice. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I thought it was saying I've heard her and I said, that is that one, buddy. Thank you for that. Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) She just had to say it. She just had to say it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 
Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for saying so. Wow. Mm. Amen. Anyone else? Praise God. Can you talk about sin again? Just one more time. Talk, talk about what again? Sin. <laughs> The what I mean, no, because I don't know why when Andrew talking about that fire, you don't see. Because a lot of sin, we were mm. it's so funny because we were talking about, and it's going on judging, right? To me, we all sin. Everyone, if you don't sin, you're on the wrong call. I'm just saying, sin is so real, but I still like the way you broke it down because I never thought about it like that. Like the sin, this little sin, big sin, whatever, however you sin is a sin. But saying, mm-hmm. no, God, gone, I got you. Like, it's really saying that. Nope. I want to do this. It feels good. It's like not going to the mm-hmm. altar because you know you're about to leave out the church door and go do some church. But <laughs> then when he takes it, like, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. You asked mm-hmm. for this, right? Mm-hmm. It was so, mm-hmm. man, it's like the flash, the heat. Like, I'm being so real. I had a hot flash about 3 o'clock this morning that I literally felt my body. I thought it was burning from the inside like I was going to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing compared to the heat. Oh, my God. Let me do, I'm gonna, I'm, I got to go get some ice. <laughs> <laughs> so sin is man saying to God throughout his life, leave me alone, God. And hell is God's way of finally saying to man, you may have your wish. 
sin. If I might be able to piggyback onto that thought, uh, true repentance is feeling sorry enough to stop. Mm. Because it, 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 it's real easy. It's real easy for us to be uh, fluent in the language of the church. Just whisper a quick prayer and say you're sorry mm. for what you did, and then end up doing it again and saying, "Okay, I'm sorry," <clears throat> which becomes at some point when you get turned over to a reprobate mind, you just do it and it's reflexive. You know, you just say "I'm sorry" right after. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see this now in the media. Somebody does something really stupid and then just like, you know, I'm really sorry if I offended anyone. That's not me. I'm like, yes, it is. So when <laughs> when when you get to that point where you just okay. say, I'm sorry, you marry into those other verses. Like if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And you wonder why your prayers don't get answered because God's not listening, no matter how long you pray. And, you know, you start really getting tangled up in what God says about your conduct and what he expects from you, because you don't take him that seriously. And that's going to be the difference. That's how you can say, run down that list of, you know, this is all I've done for you. You mm -hmm. know, I've won souls for you. I've you know, cast out D I yeah, breaking and mm. like depart from me, I never knew you. Because mm. that one thing that you were supposed to do, you never did. You like sin too much. Mm. Thank you. Praise God. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Good yeah. morning, Teacher Bedley. Good morning. Quick um, um two questions I wanted to ask. Um uh, I enjoyed your teaching. I'm going to listen to it again. Um, but I wanted to know, is um, suicide a sin? And then also the ones that um, committed suicide, did they have the opportunity to for somebody to tell them about Jesus um, before they uh, gave their life? I mean, before they commit it, because I hear where it said, I don't know where I heard it from, that everybody would get the opportunity to um, get to, to have a chance to get to know God. So I was wondering those two questions, is suicide a, a, a sin? And do those people that committed sin, I mean, committed suicide, did they have the opportunity to, to get to know God before they gave their life up? Hmm. That is a uh, very interesting um, suicide um, is a choice, and um I might have will I, I think I'm gonna defer in a in a bit, but um uh it's a choice, and I believe that yes, everyone has an opportunity to uh hear from God. Everyone has that opportunity to know that um, when you say, will they change their mind during the commitment, 
um, I believe that at some point there's a possibility, whether it be the way that they commit suicide, whether through through drugs, in their in 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 what is transpiring. Are they saying, God, I am so sorry that I did this. Forgive me for what I've done. We don't know. We don't know what transpires in, in here. Um, and I truly don't really know how to answer your question. But my prayer, there's a prayer that I have deep within that is, is boiling up in me. <clears throat> of the question. Um, I'm going to come back to you, but I would like Andrew. Andrew, could you answer this question for her if you're uh, still on yes, yes, yes ma'am. Uh, I can answer it to the best of my ability, and I'll preface it, preface it by saying this is what I believe. <laughs> uh, the, Bible, the, the verses in the Bible, we have 66 books in our canon, they all marry into each other. You know, so if you pull one thread, the other threads move. And Jesus said, ye are not your own, ye are bought with a price. Okay? So mm -hmm. a Christian, and even those people who aren't Christians, since Jesus died for the sins of the entire world, were his. <clears throat> There's also the verse that says, no thief will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So if you take your life, you're taking something from someone being God who owns it and it's not yours, but you took it anyway because you thought it should be yours. So there's that. <laughs> there's also the issue of uh, the verse. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Say, uh, it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So mm. it would be easy to say that someone who killed themselves, you know, just went to hell. I can't say that. Nobody else can either. Because when you start to uh, speak of the sentence, then you're the judge. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. just talk about the crime, then you're a fruit inspector. You're observing. And we're told, we're commanded that we needed to do that. We need to be wise as serpents, as harmless as doves. So we don't, Christians who are trying to win the world for Christ aren't walking around glibly, uh, you know, humming gospel songs and not seeing the world as it is because we're also. You need to flip the analogy. We're also soldiers. We need to see where the battles are. We need to understand our orders. We need to understand the use of our weapon. And we need to go where we're, our, we are sent to go in the fight. And if we didn't get specific instructions on where to fight, then we're on recon. We just walk around, check back with headquarters. And if we see a skirmish, we get in it. If there's mm -hmm. someone to be rescued, we go there. And then we do our job, but no more. And we first cause no harm. So it, suicide is, 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 is a complex question that you can't answer with just in one fell swoop. 
then, like you had pointed out, there's also the manner of how you uh, arm yourself. See, if, if, if I have a 34 Magnum and I put it under my chin, as graphic as that sounds, there's no, there, 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 there's no leeway. You know, whatever I'm thinking, whatever state I'm in, that's when, when, when I close the door to this life, that's where you find me on the next life. And since I don't have God's mind, I don't know how he deals with that. I just know what the word says. Amen. But if, but if I take sleeping pills and I mix it with alcohol or some other substance that's going to put me down quickly, but I'm in a hotel room with a Gideon Bible and I flip mm. to a certain section that talks about the love of Christ for me. And I just say, I, you know, I believe that you're virgin born. I believe that you are the son of God. It just never worked out for me in my life. Please help me. Maybe his fate's different than the other one who shot himself. Again, we don't know. No. Uh, but when you, but then you run up against the situation where when you deal with a funeral, uh, Everybody puts everybody who just died into heaven, and that's not that's not gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, people that you think are bad aren't all going to hell. That's not gospel. And so what we have to do is we have to trust mm -hmm. in the Lord, but then watch out for people. The people that you know and you love and you haven't heard from them, check on them. The check on the weak. Check on the strong because you don't know how afraid they might be. And if they're close to that edge, since we don't know the answer to that question, you don't take it for chance that, oh, sure, God will understand. God said, I'm a jealous God, you know, and I'm, I'm bringing vengeance on third and fourth generations of them that hate me. So God's not going to treat you like a puppy he just found. If you've lived your whole life turning your back on him, blaspheming in his name. And the, the mm. last thing, the last thing I'm going to add is you'll hear people saying that there's no degree of sin. Sin is like being pregnant. You either are or you're not. And that's not biblical because Jesus tells you that there are degrees of sin. One of them is the degree of sin with respect to the Holy Spirit. He says every other sin you can ask for forgiveness for, and you'll get it, you know, if you're penitent enough. But sinning against the Holy Spirit, uh -uh. that deal is off. You sin against the Holy Spirit, that sin is on your charge. Then the question is raised, so what happens to you then? Well, the other, the other verses in the Bible that speak on that tell you, if you die with unforgiving sins, then you are hanging out with the rich man. So again, like this, this gets this gets complex. And for each statement that for each question that you answer, it raises another question. Another question. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Absolutely. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good Thank morning, you. everybody. Good morning. Thank you, uh, 
Bev, for your declaration to, I think that was Cynthia, to, to your question, <clears throat> just really quickly. You know, there are, there are mysteries of God's word that we will never, or not, not of, of, of life that we will never understand. We just, we won't have that revelation. Um, when you ask that question, the first scripture that popped into my head was, thou shall not kill. We know that a person can be forgiven for murder. However, this is one of the questions where we just don't know. And I think that um, to give some relief, if it, if it is a relative or a friend that you know of that did, just um, I think it's our it, I think it's our responsibility to back off of it and not try to um, create. So I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just saying this across the board. When we lose someone, it's devastating. Um, and tried to and trying to determine if that person is in heaven or hell or not. I mean, really, at our at at the end of the day, it's none of our business. Mm. And I don't I don't mean to be crude at all. That's the best way to put it. And the reason I want to say it that way is to give some relief that you know it it won't help for you to worry and wonder about where that person is now. I think the best thing that we can do is to thank God for the life that they lived or to 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 um, hold on to precious, warm, and happy memories um, as opposed to trying to figure out where they are and where they're going to spend eternity because we just don't know. Uh, Andrew kind of alluded to some of this, people that we think are saved and that, well, we know they're going to heaven. You don't really know that because you don't right. know their heart. I, I, I hope that makes sense. Um, so this one is something that I think that rather than um, going on and on in the discussion, because I don't want I don't want somebody to catch something that triggers something or ask it it leads to more questions. We, this is one of the mysteries that we just don't know. Amen. Thank you, guys. I, I understand. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You are so welcome. Thank you, uh, Tanya and um, Andrew, for that. Um, the one thing that I would like to add is that God is the author and the giver of life. And the scripture says that God breathed breath, <clears throat> breathed the breath of life into us. So our lives are a gift from God. So the giving and the taking of life ought to remain in his hands, in God's hands, in God's hands only. I just want to say um, one more thing. Um, understood everything, what everybody was saying. <clears throat> Nobody... Um, um, passed away. Um, she was talking about sin, and I had made up in my mind that um, I'm not going to let the enemy keep bringing that to my attention. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of it. Um, I, uh, you, you, he can't rule me. He has, uh, I, uh, you know. So, but when um, I took a a customer client to the doctor yesterday, and um, I went by. I was bringing her home. And it was on. Um, Stockton Boulevard, and so I went by went by a building, and I could uh, since we were talking about sin, it it just came to me because I wasn't going to say nothing. But when I was sitting here, I remember going by the building. My kids, um, they was they were babies. They were only what five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that area, and um, I remember that, taking them to school. And I dropped them off, and I went home. 
And I, I, I know God, I, I know I got God and I know I have grown a lot, but I had tried to commit suicide. And I think I told the story once before, but I remember not feeling good about myself. Um, I just, just by myself, I guess I can't remember, you know, just not feeling good, feeling worthless. And I remember sitting at the table talking to somebody at a church and I was just popping the pill, just, just taking them, just taking them, just taking them, just taking them. And the next thing I know, somebody knocked on my door and it was a, a police. And he said, um, I heard that you was trying to commit suicide. And I said, yeah, now all alone, all this that was going on, my kids are still in school, waiting, you know, in school learning. And I say, yeah. And he said, well, I can't leave here and you be here. I, I have to take you with me. And that building that I went by when I was with my customer, I didn't say nothing to her. That was the building that he took me to. And what I learned is when you try to commit suicide, you have to take off, put the clothes on that they give you, or you can't have strings. You can't have nothing on you where you can hurt yourself again. But then the table turned, and there there's another room you go into where I guess she's a, a counselor, a man, lady. And if I, not, I believe it was a woman. So she was getting ready to counsel me, and she looked at me, and she said, you don't belong here. After taking, I don't know, 15 to 17 pills, she said, you don't belong here. I called a friend, and they let me go, and I walked out. And I'm like, and so that's what also made me remind me, um, you know, when people commit suicide, hmm. do they have a chance to know God or have God talked to them yet? And I understand everything what you guys are saying. Um, no, I don't know anybody that passed away that just was on my mind. And so I just brought it out to you guys. And thank you for everything that you guys shared with me. Go live, Cynthia. Go live. You, you, your, your sound has changed so much. This is Tanya again. Go, don't mm -hmm. you let that booger, don't you let that booger slide up to you and try to bring that thought or bring regret or condemnation to you for what you did in your past. You are living today and you have yeah. purpose and we are so happy that you are here with us. I thank God. I proclaim the joy of the Lord over your life. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the scripture it says? Oh my God, I, I quote it all the time. Oh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank God. Thank God for Thank strengthening you each and every day. And not just you. If you're on this call and the enemy has um, uh, tried to uh, seduce you with thoughts of committing suicide, I don't want to make it pretty at all. I don't, don't want to make it pretty. Um, um, He's seduced you with trying to kill yourself. I'm, t I'm saying to you, there's so obviously you're a bigger threat than you realize. If he's trying to get you to take yourself out of here, clearly, <laughs> clearly, power. Mm -hmm. that you, listen, he is threatened by you. Why don't you get that joker a black eye and keep on living? All right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> that right there. That right there. Cynthia, did you hear that? That was good. Yes, I did. Power. Yes, thank you. Amen. Receive it. Yes, Valerie, I do. Receive it. Can we give the Lord just a 10 to 30 minute praise for life itself? Can yes. everyone just come off mute and just thank God 
for life and for our sisters and brothers and allowing us to have life and have it more abundantly. So come off mute and give God the praise that is due. Yes, Father God. Today you have given us a choice between life and death. Now I call to
just think of, of me today. My dad, like, he would have been 81, and it's a blessing that um, I had a dad, and it's just very hard today. So I apologize if it, if anyone feels away from me saying this, but it's really a process of life. And so, again, if you still have your dad, just let your dad know you love him. That's all. I love you guys. Amen. We love you, sister. Love you, Didi. Hang in there. Mm-hmm. Love you yeah. so much, Didi. Yeah. Love you so much. Amen. Yeah. Didi, baby spice loves you. Yeah. All right. God, we thank you for meeting us here this morning, for delivering your word to not just me, but also those who spoke, commented, imparted, and shared. My prayer is that each soul on this call has been touched through the daily teaching that de- from declare victory and and may each take to heart the word that came forth. I pray that those who are seeking an answer received it and that those who needed a special touch were granted that touch. Bless us each, Father God, and keep us safe until we gather again tomorrow morning uh, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you. We just thank you and we praise your name. Uh, Bible study tonight with Pastor Lavelle. Um, uh, if, uh, at 7 p.m. God bless you all, and thank you, each and every one of you. What a blessing. What a blessing you have all been today. God bless. And we will hear from you tonight or either in the morning. Amen, and God bless you. Thank you for blessing us. Have a wonderful Amen. Welcome. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. Have a blessed day, everyone.